0: So few people use their va loan which is the most powerful leveraging instrument in the history of finance zero down competitive interest rates no pmi and no cap now no loan limit now i know a guy who just closed a fourplex in san diego and got a two million dollar loan mm-hmm. zero down 2.875 interest on a 30-year fixed are you freaking kidding me right. that's real power that is the kind of power it will absolutely turn him into a millionaire
1: you're listening to the Expertish podcast. Be sure to head over to iTunes or Spotify and tell Jay what you thought about this episode. Expertish is where you can learn how to invest from those who have, those who are, and have some fun along the way. Are you ready to start? All right. Thanks for coming on to Expertish. Today's episode, we're talking to Buddy Rushing. Buddy, how are you doing today? Good,
0: good, man. I love the name. I first saw it pop up and, uh you know, I had a couple of people who did interviews on this show, you know, so I'd heard about it a couple of times and uh I saw it and I was like, man, that's, I, I really love the expert-ish sort of concepts because <laughs> for me personally, like it-, it always feels a little weird when someone says the word expert because right. are we really experts? And I don't even know where you, I was going to ask you like where you came up with the name, but I, even without all that, I'm like, we're all just kind of trying to figure it out. Let's be honest. We're all just swinging away. We're in the ring. We're doing what we can. And the idea is you get more wins than losses and, and you'll be, you'll be okay. Right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And that's kind of the basis. I think we have a lot of similar attitudes towards these things. And, and really, I, I wish I could take credit for the name, but Knucklehead, the company that produces this show, when we were looking, when I contacted them to do it, they interviewed people that I'd worked with or knew and just kind of came up with commonalities and and, and sticking with what we were trying to do just to, as I learned things, just pass along right away, you know, or at least yeah. get people's, Interest because you don't have to be an expert at everything to get started. And we've talked about that before. So uh, wish I wish I had a credit. phenomenal <laughs> example. I've got to later on in this remind
0: me to tell you about our new RV rental business because that is a perfect example of really not knowing much at all about right. a particular business, but seeing an
1: opportunity and just going after it. Oh, 100%. Let's just talk for a second that one of our connections, one of the reasons that people connected me to you, one, knowing that, you know, you could help educate me on some things and share some stuff with our audience, but also it's the military and veteran connection because both of us are really focused toward bringing that education and and trying to inspire people just to do something to put themselves in a better financial spot or security. And, uh, you know, a little bit about your background real quick, if you don't mind.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if people are listening to this or they can see us, but if they can see us, <laughs> you'll see that I have a pretty glorious beard right now, right. Uh, which is the first time I've ever grown a beard in my entire life. Uh, and the reason is because about four months ago, I transitioned out of the Marine Corps. I went to the Naval Academy and then uh, I was a Marine officer, combat engineer for a long time. And I did basically everything that I signed up to do. I had a, I had a wonderful career. I went to Afghanistan three times and and around the Southeast Pacific and and got to lead some phenomenal Marines. And um, while we were doing that, you know, actually on a deployment one time, I found a a beat up copy of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, a little paperback, a purple paperback shoved in between the seats of the MRAP. And, uh, you know, I read it and I mean, it just kind of introduced me to an entirely new way of thinking because I'm the guy who who grew up in, in East Tennessee on food stamps. And, and nobody nobody talks about building wealth, right? right? Nobody talks about buying investments. Are you kidding me? Like it's a paycheck to paycheck kind of existence. And so they, these were novel concepts to me that, that an average person like me could actually one day build financial freedom. No one even, even at the academy, no one talks about this stuff, right. not really. We don't talk about money in school. And so, you know, you get out and, you know, I read that and I was like, oh my God, it almost gave me permission to believe that, it, that I could do something like that. And, you know, one thing led to another, it's a long story that you can find on other podcasts, but basically we started doing real estate in our spare time in whatever spare time we had me and my wife. And over the course of the next 10 years, uh, we built up a portfolio of houses. We did a whole bunch of Purchases and trustee lending and, you know, self-directing our IRA and joint ventures and, and wholesaling and, and you name it, right? We, we mm-hmm. did it. We learned it and tried it and did it sometimes successfully, sometimes not. But I learned a ton along the way. Right. And you know, about four years ago, you know, I made some connections with some people who had turnkey operations, which are operations in certain towns throughout the United States where they, you know, they will, they're flippers, right? They will buy these properties, they'll renovate them, place a tenant, put it under management, and then they'll sell a property, not to a homeowner, but to an investor that wants to buy a rental property. Right. And so, you know, I made some connections with some people that, uh, for my personal game right i was selling some of my properties in california and i wanted to do a 1031 exchange into good properties in the midwest so it all worked really really well and i was like man this is awesome this is so cool and he's like well if you know if you know anybody else that's interested i've got another 30 of these and uh it just i remember it was like february 5th 2017 and i was sitting it was i think it was a it was a saturday and i was sitting up in my office just Doing real estate. That's what I, you know, did on the weekends. And I remember thinking, man, like for a decade, all of my friends have always asked me about this. They've always, you know, because I just blab about real estate, you know, because I just got the bug, right? And they all wanted to be a part of it, but I never had any ability to help any of them because I was right. always just trying to find deals for myself in my spare time. I just did, you know, I didn't right. have any extra deals. So all of a sudden I was like, man, this guy's got really good quality deals. And I've got all these friends that basically want to do this. So I'm, I am you know, I didn't think of it as a business at the time. I just thought of it as bringing my friends together with opportunities. Yeah. Uh, I did tell him though, I did make one smart move. I told him, I was like, Hey, I absolutely have tons of friends that want to do this as well, but I don't want to charge them anything and I can't do it for free. Yeah. And he was like, well, yeah, no problem. I'll just, we'll cut you, you know, a set sort of referral fee for blah, blah, blah. And so I started talking to people and they were like, not just yes, but hell Yes right now. I want to do this right now. And uh, man, that kind of just spiraled and what, three and a half or so years later, uh, we bought about 250 properties over the course of, in Memphis and St. Louis and Columbus and Alabama. And, and yeah, it's just continuing to go. I mean, it's spawned into this whole new thing. So that is at its core, what White Feather has really become, which is about helping military people create residual income, create financial freedom through real
1: estate and then just kind of guiding them through that. Right. Well, you said, we talked about before, and I know on your webpage, it, it, it really talks about educate in power. And I, we've Mm. spoken on this before because it is huge and in power can be more than more than one thing. You know, you guys truly do educate with some of your other programs. I know we'll talk about, but in power, I feel like encompasses multiple things and sometimes it is kind of that giving people that permission or just that little nudge even to be like hey cool take a shot at it and see that what you can do and also i think it kind of i a similar back background to what you're talking about you know me growing up virginia we didn't I, i didn't know anything about investing or leveraging anything you know savings is all you knew, which as we both know that doesn't accrue anything you know you don't make any money right. savings it's like great for an emergency account but it just really opens your eyes when you see how much you can accumulate through some of these things through investing and having that uh you know the money coming in at different levels uh, or from different areas And you do want to share that because you want, you know, it it does, it becomes infectious. And you're like, man, I want everyone to do this because it's just such a a powerful thing for families for, you know, just shoot. Like I had a better time in the military knowing that I didn't have to be there, you know,
0: because
1: 100%.
0: Absolutely. Like what, what people don't understand is that you don't have to dedicate yourself fully to this. It is something you can do in your spare time. And what you find is in the military, like just ask your average person in the military, what are your thoughts about real estate? And 95% of them will be like, dude, I'd love to get into real estate. And 5% will be like, not not interested. But about 95% will be like, yeah, I would absolutely love to get into real estate. I know it's smart. I know it's how we can build wealth. I just don't. I mean, what do I do? Like, who do I talk Mm -hmm. to? Like, I I don't have the time to learn how to become a real estate investor. Right. And I don't have a team. And so that's why so few people use their VA loan, which is the most powerful leveraging instrument in the history of finance. Right. Zero down competitive interest rates, no PMI and no cap. Now, no loan limit. Now, I know a guy who just closed a fourplex in San Diego and got a two million dollar loan mm-hmm. zero down 2.875 interest on a 30 year fixed are you freaking kidding me right. that's real power that is the kind of power it will absolutely turn him into a millionaire and he's mm-hmm. a normal guy he's mm-hmm. a 03 in the name right? right and he comes from a rough background right very like poverty and crime stricken neighborhood right uh-huh. so you don't tell me that it's not possible it is extremely possible you just have to know what's available you have to have the right team, right? That you can plug into a people you can trust. And then you have to do that, What you talked about. You've got to take action, right? The, the educate and empower piece, here's how I look at it. Think of education as your left leg and empowerment as your right leg. Mm-hmm. If you just educate yourself, you're just moving your left leg over and over and your right leg stays still, right? <laughs> if you just act and you don't educate yourself, the same thing happens in the opposite, right? So if you, there's nothing more common than a highly educated person who's done nothing with that information, nothing with that intel, right? And so it's a waste of time to just educate yourself. And it's especially a waste of time to just buy all these high priced education programs and then not do anything with it, right? right? And then it's the same thing. I've got a perfect example of what not to do as far as like acting without information, without education, (laughs) right? My first investment was just a horrific, terrible investment back in 07. Uh, when I didn't know anything, when just a tiny little nugget of information would have stopped me from buying that Sun Valley house. But I bought it because I didn't know any better. I didn't know anything. So I had no education at the time and I took action and got burned. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it's almost just as tragic whenever somebody has all the information in the world and they never take action, right? So you got to combine those two. When you combine those two and you educate and then act, educate and then act, you're going to move forward. Right. that's what the educate and empower idea is all about.
1: Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And I, I, hopefully people listening will, hopefully we're bringing people like yourself, you know, even more, uh, in touch with more people, especially in the veteran side that know like, Hey, we'll cut through some of the trust, you know, and get connect them with people who, who will be able to help them. Because I think that that's another issue now is in digital age. There's a ton of information It's the misinformation and just the strictly sales, no value type thing that it's tough and it's intimidating for people to get started when they don't know, uh, you know, the value behind that. It's, it's tough, man. The misinformation I think is just as, uh, as crucial as, or I guess, man, I don't know, just a a huge a a larger obstacle than getting the information itself. It absolutely is. And therein
0: lies the power of, Focusing entirely on the military, and I had mm-hmm. a decision to make about three, four years ago, <clears throat> because the military, in the scheme of things, is a very, very small portion of the American population. Very, right? Small, right? right. But I decided to focus. Number one, because that's kind of where my heart led me. Because right, I've, I've been in the military longer than I've not been in the military in my right. life. Right? <laughs> you know, I've served with Marines in combat, and I've I've seen the depths of sacrifice that. People make both on the battlefield and after they get out. I've Mm -hmm. seen the people fall like you have, right? That where you know our friends get out and they lose everything. They lose sense of community and purpose, and then they just fall apart. And you know, and that's real tragedy, right? And so we've seen that. So that's where my heart was in trying to help my fellow brothers and sisters in the military. But also, there's something unique about the military community right? You and I have actually never met in person, right? Yeah. And we actually have known each other a grand total of probably six weeks, I think, yeah. or something along those lines,
1: right? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And yet you and I have had very deep conversations. We've had very trusted conversations. We've shared with each other details about our personal and financial lives that each other could use to hurt each other, right? You, right. you Absolutely. could actually use what I've told you to hurt mm-hmm. me and I could do the same, but I know that you won't. Right. Even though I've only known you a few weeks because I know your background and thus I know where your personality and where your character traits lie. Right. Right. You don't join the military. You don't serve in the military, unless you have some sort of calling, by and large, there's always a couple of bad apples, but by and large, you don't serve in the military unless you're willing to sacrifice for something greater than yourself, unless you have a higher calling, unless you have a sense of discipline and a sense of contribution and teamwork and all of the stuff that we know that we have. So what happens when you put that into a community of people that are focused on creating financial freedom? Right. You get a speed of trust unlike anything you've ever seen on the outside. Absolutely, and I've got example after example of that just that happens within the real estate investing accelerator, which is an educational program that we run. You have people who will meet each other, and then literally two weeks later, form a company and start taking down deals out of state. I've got I've got examples of all of this stuff that is ha- happening right now. Right. right, and that that does not happen on the outside. You just don't yeah. meet somebody and two weeks later go into a million dollar deal with them on trust. You just don't yeah. do it. You know, yeah. because we know in this community, number one, by and large, you can trust people. And yeah. two, if somebody F's around, they're toast. Yeah. The Wolfpack. To how is. fast <laughs> do you think your name is going to get out to everybody and everybody will turn on you if you screw over one of your brothers and sisters? So, yes, there's, you know what I'm saying? there's accountability measure as well.
1: You know? Absolutely. Well, well, I mean, kind of to that point too. Like, this is a you know, it, it, there's a large market, a large group, you know, a ton of veterans and and active duty and everything. But here we are, literally, we live and work minutes away from each other. Yeah, you know, in Southern California. And how awesome is it that I was connected? We were connected by other veterans in the business and real estate world Mm -hmm. through networking full circle like it was from you know out of state to texas back to you you know it it didn't come direct from like oh buddy's down the street it was like through people in various other states full circle back to hey man you got to meet up with this guy he's doing great stuff so uh, you can't you just can't overestimate like i mean just the power of that networking and a network of the veterans is, is amazing. And people will go out of their way to help each other. And the trust is huge. It, it's just, you can't beat it. You can't beat it. Yeah,
0: Jay, honestly, I did not, I don't know why, but I missed that when I first started, white feather in the way it currently is. Right. So for, Mm -hmm. for almost a decade, my wife and I, it was white feather was just us buying deals and doing different stuff. Right. Uh But the way it currently sits, where we basically facilitate turnkey deals for, for, uh, military people, uh, we help educate military people. We do all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. That's what I saw it as. I saw it as educate and empower, but it was really me pouring that value into other people. Right. And that's really kind of how I would characterize the business. If you'd ask me now, how I characterize the real power of White Feather is what you just said. It's a hundred percent in the community, which is a beautiful thing because the community is bigger than me and it's independent of me. If uh-huh. I get hit by a bus tomorrow or if I have a heart attack, I don't want White Feather to die. Yeah. I want it to keep going because the impact, that's how you create lasting impact is if it's yes. independent of you and your actions and your ego and all of that stuff. And that's whether or not I even tried, it has become that it's become much bigger. And that's what happens when you have a community of people that are lions. Yeah. That, that, you know what I'm saying? That once they sink their teeth into something meaty, you're not going to stop them. Right. But, you know, and, uh, and so I've seen now, I will give you a perfect example. Um, We had a summit uh, a few months ago. And we had to do it virtually because of of COVID. Right. But, you know, we had, I think, a couple hundred people cycle through over the three-day period. And we broke them into, you know, we'd have these little shotgun breakout groups. And the purpose was to have them meet other people that were interested in birds or syndications or maybe somebody that's there in Texas with you or somebody that went to the same service academy as you or somebody that's in the Navy or whatever. And we would break them into all these shotgun groups and do this essentially like speed dating, right? Like like hyper-networking. But think about, you've been to tons of networking events, right? You go there, you look around and you're like, okay, where do I start? And okay, maybe there's this guy that has a little bit in common with me, but it's just a struggle. Now imagine meeting somebody, let's just say you're interested in syndication investing in short-term rentals in Florida, and you want to do it using, you know, money from your IRA that that you're self-directing. Well, that's a hyper niche, right? That is like super niche, good luck going to an average networking you know place and finding something like that but we held one of those and it had like 20 something people in it so imagine now networking with other people that have that super hyper man they came away from that and we're like so much That's value has been created. right and all i was all i had to do was set up the structure and and you know facilitate the the events themselves yeah. and then just sit back and let the let the pride of lions do what it does right you know it's awesome
1: it, right. Following that, there's probably the next three days. Uh, all of those people in that are just out there transferring everything out of their TSP and self directed IRA so they can purchase those <laughs> homes, right?
0: Uh, there's a lot of activity. There's a
1: ton of activity after it because what,
0: as you know this by now, everything that we do is about prompting action, right? right. We, we Otherwise, it's a social club. And there's nothing wrong with social clubs, but that's not the point of this. That's not the point of White Feather. And so, right you know, take action. Right. And, and if it's something that I can help facilitate, awesome. If it's something that you find on your own, that's even better because ultimately then you're not tied to me and, and, and and limited by what I can provide. Cause I'm, you know, it's just me and a small group, right? right. We're doing the best we can, but like, you know, we have way more investors than we have deals always. Right. Well,
1: that's a, that's a good problem to have, right? It is. Yeah. It's not bad. I get deals, but <laughs> right, well, I, I, I'm going to have to find ways to create more stuff for you guys to invest in. How's that? Yeah, Well, get love something it. <laughs> well
0: some of the stuff you're doing, oh man, I'm very interested in potentially
1: teaming up and getting some really cool deals. Yeah. I think we can definitely do some cool stuff, you know? And, and that's, I, I love that part too. Like you're saying, getting something that where you think, Hey, this is a possibility and just figuring it out. Kind of, it kind of makes it a lot, a lot more, a lot more interesting. And a little bit of that kind of gets the blood going a little bit. Cause there's definitely, sure. you're like, Oh man, I've got to make this work because I'm, you know, the things that we've been doing, it's my own money in it. So I'm, right. I'm learning with my money and then we'll pass along the information on others. Just same as you did. You know what I mean? You did you it yourself to, and then you, you should
0: step. Absolutely. You step on the battlefield first and that gives you that credibility. I know you're like this too. You definitely take things seriously when it's your money involved, mm-hmm. but there's one level above that. And yes. that is when it's your friends and like your fellow service members who are trusting you to give it, right? So yeah. you know, there's people you don't know where it's like, eh, yeah, good luck, best of luck. I hope, you know, and then yeah. there's your money, which is yes. like, okay, I'm taking this seriously. And then there's white further investors' money, which yeah.
1: is like, Hundred <laughs> you know, percent. Not go bad. A hundred percent. Yeah, I, I, I have to think about that all the time because, like, oh man, it's sometimes. uh, Well, in the other side of the residential real estate side, you know, it's. uh, Sometimes I think, man, I can't care about this person's money more than they do, but it feels like that sometimes. It does, you know what I mean? Where people or or understanding the deal or understanding getting to a home, but again, I wouldn't want to have it any other way because if we stop caring about other people's money more than ours, then it's. I I mean, I think we're in the wrong reason then doing the wrong things. That's right.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because we could we know the risk already. Uh, we don't want someone else blowing some cash on something they don't know about yet. But uh, definitely, man, I'm looking forward to do some cool stuff, do some cool stuff with you guys, and some education things as well, and possibly your accelerator, just so I can get in there and learn from you guys what's going on as well. Kind of, just so I don't forget, I want to jump in because uh, this is a new one to me. Even though you know other discussions we've had, what you were talking about, uh, you mentioned earlier the RV yeah. uh, deal, because this sounds really, really cool, and uh, it's not something we've discussed before. So I want to hear about this one, man. If you don't mind.
0: Absolutely, this I didn't even know. So in my life, what I will say is I'm always open to opportunities, right? Mm-hmm. And they tend to come out of the weirdest places. And so six months ago, I had heard the term RV, but I'd never been in one. I had no interest in them Uh, other than like, I mean, I've seen the cruise America things and, and I love traveling, but you know, I'd never even set foot inside an RV. Right. And so, but I had a friend of mine, his name's Dan, who you know, is one of these adventurous types. Like all he does is just, you'll go to Yosemite and he'll, you know, go climb and, you know, he'll do everything but skydive with me. I'm a skydiver and he's a little (laughs) bit of a skydiver. So if you're out there, Dan DeVille, I'm calling on you (laughs) to skydive with me. But anyway, he's a fantastic entrepreneur and and businessman and everything. And so he bought an RV, right? Mm -hmm. And he and his family were driving around and he kept just raving about it. And so that got me interested, right? Because he was saying how the pandemic has caused the RV business to skyrocket, which right. makes sense, right? Yeah. But you don't think about it. One of all the businesses you think about skyrocketing, you think of Zoom, you think of Amazon, you think of those, you don't think about RVs, right? Right. But he you know, mentioned that. And so we were like, you know what, screw it. Let's figure out what this RV business is all about. And so we went on this uh, website called outdoorsy.com and we just read, I told my wife, I said, just get an old RV, just whatever, just the cheapest thing you can find. It's an RV, whatever, you know, right. going to drive to a campsite and start a fire or whatever. I mean, I literally knew nothing. And so she got this really old, like 1985 RV, this big 40 footer. And it was an absolute disaster. It was barely roadworthy. And we drove it out to, we were trying to go up to uh, the Grand Canyon. And we got as far as Lake Havasu and it was middle of the summer. It was 120 degrees. The AC didn't work. The window didn't work. You know, and then it eventually quit on us. The transmission gave out and we're right, right dead in the middle. And it was, we were with the two little kids. It was miserable. We were sweating like crazy. We had nowhere to go. Just a miserable experience. So we ended up driving back home, right? She had her uh, her car that she had followed, you know, because it had no seatbelts in it. So for the kids, so she had to literally follow me. I mean, a disaster day. So we drove back home. We cut the trip short, drove back home, said, this sucks. And then we looked at each other and we're like, you know what? That was an errant data point. Let's get the nicest RV we can get, and let's go try this again. Right. So we got a 2020, uh, like 29 foot Class C motorhome, just just a Gucci, you know, job. And we drove it up to uh, the Grand Canyon. have a, had a great time. Okay, on the trip, I was thinking to myself, I was like, you know, I paid this guy over 200 bucks a night plus cleaning fees, plus mileage fees, plus generator fees, plus insurance fees. So I'm out of pocket like two grand for like a four or five day, like a five day trip, I think it was. I'm yeah. out of pocket two grand for a five day trip, and it was worth it. It yeah. was awesome. I would gladly have paid this, no problem. But what? Could, how much could he possibly have spent on this RV? I don't know. Are they a million dollars? Are they a thousand dollars? I don't know. I don't know anything about RVs. So on the trip back, I started Googling, you know, and I looked at the numbers and I was like, oh my God, right? Like you can get a brand new class C 29 foot motorhome for a hundred grand, brand new, and you can finance it. You can put 20% down or $20,000 down and finance it and get some pretty good four or 5% interest rates for 20 year terms. Think right. about that for a second, right? As soon as that clicked in my head, I was like, whoa, uh, Averaging 200 bucks a night paying this guy. Right. You can put 20 grand down and finance 20 year loan at 5%. How much could he be paying? 800 bucks a month, maybe for this, right? Yeah. I just paid him two grand right for five days. Yeah. Right? So I was like, I don't know anything about this, but I, I tell you there's a business here. And then I talked to my tax preparer and I said, okay, here's the deal. I know I've heard about business vehicles before and taxes I always yeah. in every investment I approach it first from a tax perspective. Yes. Because if you can do that, you could turn a decent deal into a fantastic deal. Absolutely. And most people don't know that. Most people don't even think about the tax ramifications, but investors do. And so turns out if you have a business vehicle that's over 6,000 pounds, you can write the entire cost of that business vehicle off against Mm -hmm. your income in year one. Yep. (sighs) Now let's package this. Right. So about a month and a half ago, I, about mid-December, uh, my wife, uh, you know, I told her, I said, we, we, we need, we're going to buy an RV. We're going to buy a brand new RV, 29 foot class C motorhome, And we got to do it before the end of the year. Cause it's gotta be, and we have to rent it out before the end of the year. So it's a mm-hmm. business vehicle. So it's a business. And so we got one call it, you know, for easy math, I'll just say it was around hundred grand. Yeah. I put 20 grand down on it and I wrote the whole hundred grand off against my taxes. Now imagine you're in a 30% tax bracket. That's $30,000. Right that you don't have to pay in taxes. And then you take 20 of that and you put it down on the vehicle. You following me so far? Yep. Yeah. What is my return on investment? No matter what I make on that, think about it. Right. Yeah. I save yeah. 30 grand in taxes. Yeah, exactly. So 20 of it down, which means it's not my money I'm using. So no, no matter what, if I make a dollar on this, yeah, infinite return on investment. Right. right. So what that does is it effectively reduces most of the risk. And so I look, and by the way, you know, it's covered by insurance, covered by everything. And, and anybody who's listening to this, you can all do this, right? I, I don't believe in like keeping everything a secret, right? That's why I'm yeah. telling you literally everything. And, you know, so I've got this vehicle. And then I was like, you know what? Um, I know my wife, this is one thing that you know, maybe some people can, some people can't do. She is a fantastic interior designer. She's done all yeah, of our design work on all of our products. So she turned it into this, like, basically Airbnb on wheels. This just yeah. beautiful sort of. And we created this professional listing. and We had professional videos and photos taken and all that and in order to make it stand out. And then we sure. worked with the outdoorsy people to, to basically, like, you know, to, to write up a really good, you know, listing and everything. So long story short, it's out there right now at 2.45 a night and outdoorsy. They were like, you need to list this at 275. That's where it'll go. And we were like, no, no, let's start small. Let's see what happens. So we listed at 245 a night. I think we have nine bookings. We've had one person rent it. We rented it in January. Right. And we uh, So we only got it recently. And then we had to have it taken in for its 30-day servicing. And we wanted to use it ourselves. And so it's been very, we've rented it for one three-day period. uh, And it went fabulous. And now we have nine more bookings lined up. Right. And those nine bookings, check this out, James those nine bookings are going to result in enough income to offset all of our expenses for the year. And that's the, those nine bookings span about two months.
1: I'm still like, I'm backtracking here, Chris. I've been taking notes while you're talking. (laughs) So like, like when you were talking, so you put the $20,000 down. Sorry, man. Uh, I I don't mean to make you go backwards, but I'm like, holy crap. It's just, my brain is catching up to because Mm -hmm. the tax part, when you said over the 6,000, that's where I got stuck for a few minutes because You know, I know that, uh, you know, trucks, as you know, the heavier vehicles, normal business. So I was stuck on, I would have never thought that Mm -hmm. an RV would classify that. And it literally, took me five minutes, I think, to process that a home on wheels could still be a business vehicle. Uh, So so I, I caught up to you now. I apologize for that, but I caught up to you now. But holy crap, dude. So I suspected it, right? And then I ran it by
0: my CPA, Right. And That's he, checked for his team, he wrote me back an email and was like, "Uh, Yeah, I think you can do this. And so once I got the okay from him, you know, I mean, if you think about it, it's it's a big old cherry on top that yeah. create that mitigates, you know, your risk. Right. Yeah. But even without it, even if you don't, now there, there's some caveats, right? You don't have to treat it 100% for business and it's uh-huh. depreciation. It's not free money. Yeah. Right. So yeah, if yeah, I yeah. sell it for 100 grand tomorrow, I'm going to get 100 grand of, Income basically that I have to get taxed on, so right. it's not. But my goal is to rent this thing out until it's dead.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Why,
0: why would I not? Right. And so uh, in the end, I'll probably sell it for like ten grand and in ten years, maybe or something. Yeah. Right. So, so that works for me. It's but it's clear to be clear, it's not free money. depreciation. Yeah. not free right. money, but it is a great tax break if you treat it properly as a business. And you know, so yeah, I mean, effectively, you're using taxable money to to put down on it. You're leveraging the rest of it with financing. And then, you know, as long as I make, I mean, I have to rent it three days a month to cover my, my essentially my loan payment and an insurance, everything else is
1: gravy. And then you can use it if you travel for business or travel at all, take your whole family with you. And they're all business, trips, right? I'm working while I'm doing it. So
0: think about this. So this is step one, Right. Um, but then I've got a friend of mine who owns an acre out in Vista and it's undeveloped land. right? You're getting Mm -hmm. it, right? So I'm going to, I'm going to ask me that developed, right. With trucks and, and electrical and, and dump and everything like that, it'll improve the value of his land. So why wouldn't he want that done? Right. So I'm going to give him a leasing fee to be able to to put it. And then I'm going to put a fleet there.
1: I can probably put 30 vehicles in his, on his lot. That's, that's awesome. Cause I was even thinking as you were talking down here like you know down in san diego there's you know some of the some of the areas you can rent slots at the recreation areas and stuff mm-hmm. to rent and park it there and essentially do like airbnb it when it's not being used yep to travel yep. and yeah it's so the stationary rental yeah you absolutely yeah.
0: can do that as well because you're taking advantage of where you live people will come here and stay in an in an in a you know an rv because yeah. it's you know, it's more private and cheaper than a hotel and everything, yeah. you know, right by Del Mar Beach or whatever.
1: Yeah, 100%. And well, and, and families relocating and stuff, but that have to wait for their furniture to show up or they have to totally. wait till their lease to start or their home to close. Like, yeah, there's just so, ah, oh, man, that's, a, I, I, I didn't, I do that, that, man. That.
0: And that's the point, <laughs> yeah. I guess, is that so back to your original point of building something on the fly. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with building something on the fly as long as you've, ascertain the risks and you've mitigated them appropriately, right? So for me, the 20 grand I put down on it was mitigated by the tax strategy and the monthly $600 a month that I pay for the loan plus insurance, plus maintenance and everything like that is mitigated by, you know, for me, if I could have rented it 50% of the time and cover my expenses, then to me, that was money. Well, I rent it 10% of the time and cover my expenses. So you tell me if this is risky or not, it right, takes ingenuity. It takes a little, you know, a little figure out itness, right? And you know, I always like. I'm a huge fan of of Richard Branson's quote of If you see a great opportunity and you don't know how to do it, say yes to it and figure it out later. A hundred percent. Right.
1: I have two parameters, like two things that I, uh, because you know, when cool things pop up, or you have a cool idea. Yeah. You just want to like be able to act on it. So I have two like initial parameters, two, two little stipulations. And to me, it's like, if something comes up, seems like it could be a good idea. I just look. Are there two possible positive outcomes? You know, if one thing's not going to work out, do I have a secondary at least? That bare minimum. Do I have two possible positive outcomes? And the second one, just kind of take it back to military time. Whenever you make a decision, you know, is like, how can this come back and f me? Like whatever you do, like what are the ways it could? And if you can, you know, just just do a quick rundown of that, and you're like, okay, I'm I'm cool with those risks, and there's two possible positives. Then, like you said, that's when I'm like, okay, cool, I'm all in. Let's do it and figure it out later.
0: I think that's a fantastic framework to look at something as you do want to determine what am I missing here? Like, yeah. Like, why is it everyone doing this? Right. Right. And why is it that, you know, like it, what's worst case scenario. What is Mm -hmm. honestly worst case scenario. And you know, for me, worst case scenario is it was, it won't rent for anywhere near what I think it will. Let's say it only rents for a hundred dollars a night. Not right. two forty five, but a hundred a night. Mm-hmm. What will it take for me to cover my expenses? And, and in my case, in this case, that's I have to rent it out eight nine days a month instead of three. Right. right? So that's okay, right? And that's a, that's an extreme. That's a sixty percent miss on my part. I've missed to the tune of sixty percent less than what I thought it would be. That's, yes. that's I've never missed that big in real estate ever. Right. Right. So right. if I do, is it the end of the world? And the answer is no, it's not. And so yeah. that mitigated a lot of my risk. But there's a lot. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to sugarcoat it too much. Like, you got to figure out, like, how how do you deliver it? And like, how do you train people? And like, I can't do this. So now I have to bring somebody on board to do it for me and the systems that are involved. And how do you answer people's questions when they're out on the road and things break as they invariably will do? Mm -hmm. I don't want to make this seem like it's effortless. It is not effortless. No, no, no good business should be though.
1: No. Well, well, like you, you said about it, your friend, you know, leasing space from, from that guy mm-hmm. and then uh, putting a fleet there. The other thing is most of the work comes up front. You learn most, you know, you learn such a high percentage from the initial project. Right. So, yeah. and if you, as you know, and I've learned, didn't always do it right the first time, but if you're documenting or you're building your playbook as you go, mm-hmm. well, cool. The next, the second one is going to take, a fraction, like 10% of the effort of this one. And then by the time you get three to four, five, six, uh, it's already done. It's then it's just a financial return of like, Hey, this is going to cost me this much, but the effort isn't going to be the same. So your time, is not going to be the same?
0: Yeah, you're right. And I honestly, I look, I look at everything. I tie everything back to what's the mandate of white feather. And that is to Mm -hmm. help military people create financial freedom. So you might be asking yourself, well, how in the world does this help anybody, but buddy rushing? Well, why do you think I'm telling all the exactly. secrets to you, right? right? I literally told you everything that I've done. And by the way, I do need somebody that, mm-hmm. and I have somebody now, but like eventually we'll need more and more who will deliver it and who will do turnovers. And, and those, they're not doing that for free. They're yeah. going paid on every one of those. So it's a chance for, you know, another military person to create a residual income stream by doing something that's pretty darn simple, which is dumping yeah. the tanks and resetting the RV and, you know, talking people through, you know, how to handle it. And then what about the guy, the guy who owns the property in Vista? Well, guess Mm -hmm. what? He's a former Marine supply officer, right? Right. And, you know, and oh, by the way, there's lots of people like you and and a ton of people who are listening to this or sitting there waiting to see if it's successful, who want to do it themselves, who want to mitigate their tax burden, who want to create a residual income stream. So all of those people can do the same, you know, and that's what every business that we launch is about. Mm -hmm. It's either directly helping somebody create financial freedom or it's giving somebody the business model or the idea or of an opportunity to invest in it to also bring it forward. Yeah.
1: Like that. Taking notes on that too. <laughs> yeah. No, it's huge, man. I'm the same as you. Like I've never owned an RV. I've probably walked into one once or twice of friends or something like that, you know, yeah. but, uh, I've never driven one Never even thought about it, but I do know a lot of friends who do, and they use it to take their families, you know, get their families out in a way, uh, stuff like that. But I've never even thought about using that to to monetize or to be able to make it accessible to more people. I mean, if you think about it, man, whether it's a vacation home up in Lake Arrowhead
0: or mm-hmm. an RV or maybe someday a, a yacht or a plane or whatever, yeah, why in the world would you own something? I never understood. Even if I eventually become like this wildly like wealthy person, I will yeah. never have a home that just sits vacant. Well, oh, why exactly. would you? Why would you? I, to me, that offends the internal like investor inside me. So why right. in the world? The idea is if you can get assets that truly are assets that basically pay you to own them, and then use them when you want to use them. Then effectively, you've got all of these things for free.
1: Right if you and again i'm just thinking of things off the cuff cuff as we're talking so if you had uh, another veteran friend say in nevada like near the air force base vegas or something like that could you could you purchase register and house them there and use them everywhere and then kind of uh get yourself out of that california tax tsunami
0: uh if you depends, so this is morphing into a tax uh discussion but like you're, you would have to have the entity there that owns them there. Right. Um, right. And it would, and effectively you'd have to have that particular business mm-hmm. would have to be based out of there. So you couldn't gotcha. have your business that is doing business as in that state, you would have gotcha. to have that business solely in that state. So That's we're full of ours, white feather vacations. And uh-huh. right now we haven't registered white feather vacations in any particular state gotcha. because I don't know. I don't yeah. know where white feather vacations is going to end up being, um, uh-huh. But yeah, California, California, you know they'll find a way to tax you for pretty oh, much yeah. almost everything. So you know. <laughs> they're, good, they're good at that. They're good at it. Absolutely.
1: Let's, well, hey, let's. Uh, yeah, that's just. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to like uh, drag that one on for a while, but it was just so yeah, interesting. We, we, yeah, we dove deep into on. that one, didn't we? Yeah, <laughs> it's I just ex- love it. It's man. exciting. It's one of the
0: new ones. Uh, Solar is another new one we're doing. The summit was another new thing we're doing. Uh, The
1: accelerator as well. I mean, lots of stuff going on. Well, how about just a little bit on the accelerator? Because I think that is a huge thing, especially for people who are, you know, really, I guess, could use that. It's just phenomenal to me as I learned about that a little bit from our last calls. And you really do. It's like walking people through the process, all the factors involved, and then... They're essentially have you as an advisor, in a sense, to be able to, yeah. to, to accord, you know, uh, it, as that team to help connect them with other people you trust and worked with.
0: Yeah, the accelerator is think of taking all of the things that we've just talked about mm-hmm. and combining it together into a pressure cooker. Right. You toss. Typically, we have 30 people in it. There's 36 in the current one, but typically we keep it at 30. And they're all vetted individuals. They're all military. They're all, you know, people who have been who've gone through this vetting process. And they're all people who are dedicated to learning what they need to learn and then creating financial freedom through real estate together and then sharing it with each other together. And yeah, it's a six-month course, um, you know, where we go through everything from, you know, personal finance to macro and micro market analysis, cash flow analysis, tax and legal. We have a whole month on tax and legal where we bring in Mark Kohler, who's like one of the leading. Uh, tax specialist in the country and he's a personal friend of mine. So he's, he kind of will step in. He's always really popular, you know, because he he always has like cutting edge sort of tax strategies you can use. Um, and the goal of course, is you learn one tax strategy that more than pays for the course, right? God, yeah, That's the idea, right? And it's very easy to do. Like what you and I just talked about, what you and I just talked about, well, well would exceed the cost of the course. Right. And that's one strategy. No, we're not talking about cost segregation and bonus depreciation. We're not talking about like backdoor to a Roth or 401k conversions. We're not talking about any of that stuff
1: yet. We're just right. just one little
0: nugget. Anyway, don't want to get into tax
1: too much. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's powerful. As weird as it sounds, tax does become exciting when you start realizing what a difference it makes your investment life. And, that's and right. it, it does. Then I've tax never sounds exciting, but that makes it exciting. Like, yeah.
0: To most people, taxes are scary or boring. Those are the two things yeah. they fall into, but for real estate investors that pay attention, the tax law and the opportunities that are created with the tax law is deliriously exciting, right? right. The very best investors that I know pay 0%, you know, average tax. I'm right. not quite at that point yet because I'm just not that level yet, but you know, getting I mean, there. Some of, getting there, right. Yeah. Some of the, I mean, if you think about it, if I'd have bought maybe two, three more RVs last year, I probably would have paid <laughs> effectively zero tax, right? right. So, you know, what I mean, but, but I didn't want to go crazy on a new business model until I figured it out. But yeah. But anyway, there's that, and then you know, learn about syndications and short, you know, Airbnb short-term rentals and um, whole life insurance. I mean, the whole the whole nine. So you effectively do a six month where you're put into a team and you're expected to go out and analyze these marks. You're expected to. To make offers, you're expected to form teams and form businesses, and you know, I mean, it's it is an action course with an educational backbone. That's what it is. And so, you know, you the vast majority of people that go through the course end up buying at least one deal, either through White Feather or on their own, um, and so they exit the course with cash flow and with you know wealth building and and with a whole host of information, and that's just the start, right? Because now you're part of a network of people that have all graduated the accelerator together. Right. Right. And that is, that's somebody the biggest hurdle for most people when they're trying to get started in real estate is they always say the same thing. I don't have capital. I don't have a network and I don't have deals. Those are the three main excuses people have for never changing their life in real estate. Well, capital, as you know, Jay, is the easiest thing to fight. Like there is, there's an abundance of capital. I mean, it's, it's shocking how easy it is to access capital if you've got the right network. Right. I mean the problem is there's too many deals right yeah. you just don't have time to analyze them all and you don't have time to take them all down deals are abundant if you have the right connections and the correct, okay. and the right network and then that all goes back to of course knowing the right people and everything and so yeah. you know i mean what happens when you take all of that and you put it together and you hold them accountable for what they said they wanted and the milestones and yeah they all have my cell phone number and you know they mm-hmm. I got two emails while I was on this call from people talking about deals that they're doing and that they want more information on and, and the result is, I mean, it's you can look on the website and see what people have done. It's insane how much they've been able to accomplish in the accelerator.
1: That Yeah, that's well, one of the things, too, when you were just talking about how uh, these people have gone through it together, you know, sort of building that connection. So the thing that's pretty awesome is you've already talked about how the veteran community, you know, there's already a certain intrinsic trust, you know, and yeah. teamwork already built into that. So you've taken that people that you've vetted into now your program and now they've have kind of like that team within a team then so you're already taking something that's already in a sense pre-vetted as as known entity of Mm -hmm. being that collaborative type of person and then you're putting them in and you're just building even tighter team
0: yeah that's exactly what it is it's a great way to describe it and the velocity the, of trust and the velocity of action is so fast.
1: Yeah, it's exponential then. And it'll just keep building on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other thing that I think is amazing about this program is, uh, like you said before, there's a lot of people will spend a ton of money and just get educational program after educational program yeah. And, yeah. and never take action. As you said, because it's more of education and analytical, almost like a lab class. You know, mm-hmm. like, hey, you got to go out and analyze it. You got to do this. You got to make offers, stuff mm-hmm. like that. You're, you are really not just empowering them but your whole system is set up to almost i don't want to say force but guide them to start taking action within the class so it's not it's you're not just going oh cool we can we can capture our education fee you know we can capture our course mm-hmm. fee and give you all this information, then good luck with it. It's like, no, we want you to be successful. So let's guide you through it so that you are taking action along the way. And I think that that should not be overlooked because I believe that is fairly rare. I know there's a few courses where people truly want you to get out and do it, but most most honestly are happy to collect well, your tuition. And think about why.
0: Right? Yeah. What is yes. the easiest way to make lots of money with an educational program? It's to make it just videos, no uh-huh. human interaction, just videos and put it out there and make it a subscription service and then scale the hell out of it. That's mm-hmm. how you make lots and lots. Of, and there's a ton of those. It right. makes sense, right? Because if your goal is to just create the the, the largest amount of scale and income, that's right. a smart way to do it. It is not smart to every single person who goes through the accelerator has at the, during the first month, has a one-hour-long financial freedom discussion with me, where we break apart their blueprint, we break apart their vision board, we look at exactly what their situation is, and right. we figure out the system and the steps that they need to get going toward their financial freedom. That's a, that's at least with thirty-six people, that's at least thirty-six hours of my time. Right before they really get into the meat of the course. Right. right. It right. is not imminently scalable. I cannot go over even thirty six is stressing me the hell out. I gotta be honest, <laughs> with this, right? And so yeah. it's impossible for me to really scale this. That's why you don't. I mean, you, you don't see educational programs like this because right. it's impossible to scale. Right. Yeah. And, and I've had people come at me every which way, like, dude, you're doing this wrong. There's yeah. no way to scale this. And I'm like, I know I get that. But white for education is the purpose mm-hmm. of it is to create a pressure cooker to create, a, a, you know, a network of lions that are going to go out there and create momentum in their lives. Yeah. So ultimately, on the back end, that empowers the rest of our network. And so the idea for me is if we can create that and we already have create yeah. and grow that network, then. Everybody is advancing toward financial freedom together, and so when I look at my own journey to financial freedom, right, you know, for me, if I need deals, like f- four of the last five syndications I've done with are with a uh, husband and wife team who graduated the accelerator and then started a business down in Florida, right. And now they've now I've invested in four really lucrative syndications because of them. right? Right. And they're never going to say no to me if I want to invest in something, right? Because you know what I'm saying? And so I took down a deal recently where I needed access to private capital quickly, right? Within about 48 hours span. And so I reached out to somebody in my network and said, Hey, I need, you know, X amount of money in 48 hours. He's like, no problem. Let's do the normal paperwork and boom, here you go. So I, I guess my point is if you do a good enough job educating and empowering people and plugging them into the network, everyone grows at the same time with each other. Yes. You know what I'm saying? You don't need to have one person at the top that's getting all of the benefit. You can grow as a coalition. That's the that at least is the hypothesis behind it.
1: Um, well, I, I hope it's right because that's kind of how we're running, even, even just the residential side. And we have uh, <laughs> my operations versus when we, we talk, when we do our like weekly, you know, kind of just the health business of the health of the business and directions and stuff like that going, it's always like, absolutely. We are not doing things in the most lucrative way for the business, but we're doing right. things that, that, that it's I feel like has the better chance at that long-term success and to grow something that will support a lot more people, you know? So and like yeah, you I said, agree. it doesn't have to make the money right now. I mean, I, I have agree. to go pay I will.
0: I will echo your sentiment. I hope it's the right way to do business. I, I, I don't know, right? Yeah. I could be just leaving a huge opportunity on the table for myself. And, and, and I don't know. I mean, I just, for me, I've got my own, I've got the RV business, right? I've got my own investments that I'm making. I've got, you know, I'm doing all the things that I tell other people to do as well to build that financial yeah. team in my personal life. And here's the thing. We talked about this before the call started. Yeah. As long as I can create enough residual income doing the same things I tell other people to do. Yeah. To cover my living expenses. Then what else? You know, I mean, I'm not in this to become Bill Gates. Like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, how much do you need? You Yeah. Know? I'm a normal kid from Tennessee. Like I grew up on food stamps. How much do you really need?
1: You know, a hundred percent. Like I, I, and I feel the same way. I could just, I could walk away and be happy with what I have now, as far as finances to live, but not happy with, have I accomplished everything I want to accomplish yet? Yeah. That's really what I'm chasing. Not that. And then the other thing that I see two, two things from what you were just talking about. I feel like in our veteran community, especially as well. Another great thing is people are less competitive in the sense of against each other people don't i I think more of us realize that we're only competing with ourselves we're competing to the degree we want to compete it's not me versus you me versus anyone else it's like what are my goals and i'm competing as myself to reach make sure that i reach the goals that i want to get to and that's a very freeing i guess realization because when yeah. you do that and you stop worrying about, hey, this person's doing great right now, man, I'm going to fall behind on this. This person's doing this, I'm going to fall behind. Yeah. When you're just playing your own game and competing with yourself. None of it matters and it's really freeing.
0: It, it is incredibly freeing. And also you can tell in how somebody acts whether or not they believe in that abundance mindset, that teamwork mentality, or whether they don't, right? The right. person who doesn't is the person who keeps secrets. The person who won't yeah. tell you everything about it. The person who won't take their time to you know, to help you with the deal that you're doing, even though yeah. it doesn't benefit them, I look to to Elon Musk for you know inspiration in a lot of different ways. And when right. right, he open sourced the patents for the Model S, yeah, said you know what I want, we need Ford and GM and everybody else to jump on board with this electric vehicle thing because that's the only way we're going to move the needle in energy sustainability for right America. And right. he open sourced his patents right, and that was a right. big risk. That was a huge because yeah. he was at least 10 years ahead of the competition. Right? Oh, yeah. And he and you know what I'm saying? But he open sourced it. And obviously, he knew what he was doing because now he's, you know, back and forth with Jeff as the wealthiest man in history. But, like, yeah. you know, I don't know. I just look at that as just an extreme example of an yeah. abundance mindset. And oh, 100 if he can do that with billions and billions of potential dollars, little Buddy mm-hmm. rushing can do it with a freaking RV business. Right? <laughs> right. You know right. what I'm saying? So like, yeah. that's why I'm like, you know, and, and I've had people ask me like, well, you know, if there's, if enough people do this, won't they compete against you in the market? And I'm like, I, I guess, but like for me, I feel like there's so much abundance that's out there yeah, that we all can get a piece of the pie. It's not, I get, 40% of the pie. And that means Jay only gets 30. Right. I right. just don't feel like that. And I know, no. I know in some arenas it is, and I, I just, I, I've never enjoyed that particular mentality.
1: No, no. Well, and, and to the point of the sharing and the way you're doing your business as well, I think that even if you're not, like you said, you can't scale your education. Well, shoot probably much more. It's only one of uh, you, yeah, you know, on some, on some of these pieces, <laughs> but, but I think that the secondary and tertiary effects are what really matter then, because like you said, here's the people that, no, they're not going to say no to your investments. You've, you've created a network that's helped a lot of people. So those people will also be spreading your name, your, you know, and connecting you to more. So even if the business side, you know, isn't going to scale as much, I think that your personal investing and other branch off activities are going to scale 10 times more than they ever would have because you have built-in fans and people that trust you from what you've given.
0: Not only that, like not only the personal investment side, but every new business idea that has legs Mm -hmm. will take off like that. And I mean, it's proven, right? We we launched the solar business last year and like, Mm -hmm. it's not even sales to be honest with you. Like I just tell people about the opportunity that exists with solar in Southern California. And they're like, "Uh, yeah, (laughs) right? I mean, you're one of them, right? You had a conversation, you're like, hey man, I've got this house and I'm paying X amount for energy. And I just didn't even realize I could get this huge tax credit and offset my energy costs and not mm-hmm. put anything down on it. I didn't realize this opportunity exists. Now that I do, and I trust you, we're that, gonna, I'm going to put solar on your roof. Tomorrow.
1: And that it, and that was the biggest thing right there. It was the trust aspect because working in the residential side too, so many it's so difficult. And, it, and it's not just the companies, but the financial. Yes. Uh, side that they team up with that becomes such a hurdle sometimes in yeah. a transaction of getting someone into a home with yes. the liens against the home, the financial side doesn't respond. It is just, that's the difference right there too, is uh, the trust built in trust. All the way back to that is I know that I can ask you a question and you'll be like, or I could say, Hey, is this the right thing for this particular house? And you know, yeah. like I told you, my long-term goals is like, Hey, I bought this to be a rental. I'm living in it now. Right but I trust you. And you go, okay, cool. Well, here's, you send me your bill. Let's see what it is. Yeah. I think all of it comes back to trust and that's why you get to do the business the way you do as uh, by not betraying that, you know,
0: hundred percent. And the fact that everything that I try to build with partnerships and relationships, mm-hmm. I try to make it with people that are going to be here for the long haul. Right. Right. So think right. about that for a second. Right. Yeah. You, you, you can't be a transaction only based business. If five years down the road that comes to fruition as a terrible deal. Yeah. Well, you know, you can't just move on. If the people that you're doing business with are inside a tight community. Right. right? And I'm not talking about making mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. Sure. I'm not talking about real estate deals going back. Real estate deals go bad. I'm talking about people screwing people over for a check. Yes. That just doesn't happen. It can't happen. No. Because where are you going go? right. to go? Right. Including where am I going to go? <laughs> yeah, right? nowhere to hide. Okay. So anyway, that's that's a great accountability measure that holds everybody to their sort of best form of you know ethical interaction is that healthy fear that like Jay and 500 other people are going to be pissed at me if I start <laughs> acting shady, right?
1: Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
0: you do live five minutes away from me, right? Yeah. So <laughs>
1: like, come on, you know? Yeah, for sure. sure. That's huge, man. I definitely appreciate what you've already shared with me and stuff, and i have Can't wait for us to do uh, more business together and do different things and bounce ideas off of you and you know stuff like that. So I'm super excited and glad that we got connected. And how about uh, what about your website and everything? How could people uh, look into what you're doing?
0: Yeah, um, a couple of different ways. I mean, people can always find me on Facebook, just Buddy Rushing. I should be the first one that pops up. Again, there's one of the like we don't really advertise uh, for new members to White Feather, and the reason is because we want to create a coalition of people that all know and trust each other, and so it is very. Personal, right? And so I'm happy to have people. You know, you can reach out to me. You know, uh, through through social media or there's a messenger uh, option on the website. You can send Greg a message or me a message. Buddy Rushing at WhitefeatherInvestments.com is a is my business email. that Those are probably the easiest ways to reach out. I would recommend that people just do a little bit of research. Like just go, just go to Google and like listen to a couple of podcasts and things like that. To, and go to the website to learn about what White Feather is. That way they can kind of come armed with information as to whether or not it's something that they want to try to get involved with. Cause it, I mean, it's a, it's a different kind of community for sure. And it's not for, it's not for tire kickers.
1: Right. For sure. Awesome, man. Well, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to come on and talk today and sharing some of the cool stuff that we've talked about before and some new stuff I didn't know about. So yeah, man. absolutely. My pleasure. I think you got a great thing here. I love the show and, you know, enjoy listening to it and everything. So anyway, happy to, awesome. happy to be on. Cool, man. I appreciate it. We'll do it again for sure. Thanks so much.